here we are at, at AFP. Thank you guys for carving out time to, to be on FinTech Corner. We've gone uh, live here at AFP. Uh, lots of action happening. It seems like this conference is busier than the last couple. Maybe it's because it's in San Diego, and San Diego's cool. But uh, you guys uh, from New York, a little bit of a travel you got in here. Uh, thanks for carving out time to be with us. I'm uh, Brett Turner, founder and, uh, founder and CEO of Travada. I'm sitting in for the, the podcast Master Joseph. And you guys are? So I'm Joe Vittori. I'm an investment platform specialist with Morgan Money. I've been on the team since we started the business. And I work for Paul, covering basically anything and everything Morgan Money. Bob Shabelsky, head of product for Global Liquidity as well as head of Morgan Money. Good to see you, Brad. Yes. It's been a minute. Yeah, it has been. Yeah. Well, so here's one thing, too, that it, the world has changed so much. I mean, it feels like it's now changing every, you know, there's something, you know, big uh, happening. But... Aside from five percent today, I, I know I saw that this morning, and I—that's uh, a topic for today, right? Like, think of it where we've come out of this period of like ten years of just complete salmon, and then the last few years, the rate environment massively different. It's got to be fun. This has got to be. Yeah. What, what's it like right now versus where you've been? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's obviously fun when the rates are above zero. So for our clients, the yield, the attractiveness of the product of a money market fund, which are close to $6 trillion in the US market is fun. Um, I think at the same time, you gotta watch what the next 12 to 16 months will show right. us in terms of where we're heading in the economical direction. Um, I think there's gonna be some stress at some point down the road with that. But for now, I think clients are definitely enjoying the, the yields that the funds are generating. Generally, you see yields above 5% on the government money market fund. Um, which is a great, com great investment product relative to deposits. But um, I think as you see feds take actions, there's a November meeting coming up in the next week um, and then potentially rate cuts in the future. So we'll see where, where this all heads. But for now, it's a lot of fun as you're kind of categorizing it. But at the <laughs> same time, it's a lot of uh, stress in the market and anxiety mm -hmm. as well that the investors need to be aware of. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And honestly, to add to that, just generally speaking, money market funds have not been relevant or money product has not been relevant for treasurers or treasury teams in 15 years. We went through eight or nine years of zero rates. So to your point, this is the first time we're really seeing treasury teams, cash management teams, and honestly, CFOs asking about what can I do with my cash? Can money market funds be viable? It's become a much more, let's say, hot button topic than it has been for a long, long time. So if you kind of even just think in pragmatic terms of like traffic at the at the booth this year, maybe the last couple of years, but versus go back a few years, it's got to be yeah. a lot more foot traffic. Listen, it's tough to sell a product that returns one to three basis points. It's, it's easier to position a product that has very attractive returns. So I think there's a lot of general excitement um, in this space. And obviously the role of treasury has changed over time where the department is looked at as a value add proposition exactly. now where they're looked to as just not, not necessarily um, in the reporting element, but more in the strategic driver direction where revenue is a factor, net interest income is a factor. So for them, um, they, they need to, you know, effectively continue producing because once the firm, for example, gets used to a return um, that is favorable, that expectation from the CFO is going to continue throughout, throughout this course now going forward. So that role of treasurer is dynamically changing to account for how markets are behaving. Yep. So is, I was going to say, just is that also 
in some ways our treasury is even used to that. I have to kind of dust off the rust a little bit and like how to manage. Many moons ago, when I worked in treasury, all we were really focused on was keeping the lights on. Like you pay the bills, you set up the invoices, you sort of coordinate suppliers, and then you, you integrate systems, et cetera. But it was mainly, okay, you're a cost center. You guys are costing me $300,000, $500,000 a year to run your systems. You're earning nothing on money. Let's see if we have excess cash. This is now the tables are completely turned. For the first time in, I can't even remember when, rates are covering technology costs for the most part. And you're mm. definitely earning enough on even marginal amounts of cash to then, to Paul's point, be a value add to the business and be strategic about sort of what you can do. Yeah, I mean, I think just adding on to that, I mean, you asked the question already already. The question is, you know, some are and some aren't. I think the ones that are adopting technology are going to be in a far better positional place. Um, even looking around this conference, as you said, I mean, there's a lot of booths here, but I see a lot of new names from a fintech space. We're kind of getting into the value chain of um, uh, the treasurer's office, which, you know, all it's all about helping them to posi be positioned better um, to take advantage of, of the market. And so if you think of now treasurers doing more things, they're kind of getting back to a little more of the broader toolkit that they, they've had. They just haven't maybe exercised some of those muscles. I mean, do you think even the treasury profession and then tech changing so much, all these things, are, are, do you think they're kind of positioned to do that? Do they still need to evolve a little bit? They're having to be a little more strategic? I definitely think the conversation has changed in the past four years. I think that the technology's advanced. We technology's become a much bigger part of that because it's always the conversation about doing more with less. I mean, even though rates are up, and to Paul's point earlier, there's still a level of risk and uncertainty in what's coming. So you don't want to overhire. In these treasury teams, you see a lot of very lean teams trying to do a ton with the same amount of people. Now they're implementing more systems. They need to sort of have expertise on the ground, and that's where a company like Travada or a group like Morgan Money come in to then continue to make it, let's say, further leverage existing resources to add value. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, if you look at what is out there today, right? Like, I mean, you saw the development of APIs in the last Correct. two to three years, which wasn't around as a concept before. You have to deal primarily with either Swift or SFTP-based. That's great. Um, concept of chat GBT or chat AI or AI or machine learning, those are new ideas that are still starting to find a foothold in how to make the efficiency and the technology play at the treasurer office to help compensate some of the resource constraints. Um, but I think some are definitely better than others. It depends on how big the company is, how much resources are being dedicated to tech. Generally speaking, a treasury department is broadly tech underfunded versus tech overfunded. Large scale products, like TMSs and integrations of those take time and resources for them to budget for. Um, so I think it's getting there, but mm -hmm. I, at the same time, I don't think we have really reached the pinnacle of that. Do we think like the days of the almost uh, just free money that, that decade, do you think that's well behind us or do you think we start to kind of come back down over the next uh, that one's got a crystal ball Brett. what do you ask of course like, of course that's the crystal ball question you guys got to answer i'm I mean, trying to corner you for that the, the crystal ball question is that i mean if you listen to the the uh the federal reserve chairman powell he'll say rates are here to stay longer and higher um inflation is still not where the fed would like it to have it yeah so i think there's you know for the next i would say reading what what the what the futures market is pointing to 
next 12 to 16 months, you expect rates to remain relatively um, at the current level, perhaps slightly declining over, over the course. But the, the crystal ball answers in the data that comes in and gets fed into the, um, the, uh, the chair, Chairman Powell's effectively desk. So it's hard I gotta to ask say, the right? question. It was so a very enigmatic answer too. Like that was a well, that was yeah, well placed. That was good. You know, that's why, like, <laughs> that's why I'm here, Joe, to have exactly. a diplomatic answer to Brent's curveball. Exactly, but, he's yeah. trying to. But at the same time, like, an answer. there is no right or wrong. But I think you know, if you think about the investment universe of a treasurer, even if rates do take down 100 basis points in the next 12 months, you're still talking 4% returns yeah. relative to a deposit or an alternative vehicle that isn't going to have enough of um, um, a spread differential. And then just remember, as rates go up, the deposits lag the effect of that. However, when rates come down, there's an immediate effect of that. So money market funds and short-term investments will be seen more favorable in the second leg of this interest rate hike. Got it. Yeah. No, to, to okay. So, so Joe, what's the non-diplomatic no, answer? No, bro, you can't, I'm, like, I'm not going to give you a non-diplomatic <laughs> answer. Like, but to answer, keep this in the rails, bro. Like no one's going to give you a two to three percent target forever. But I will say, I mean, okay, Joe says, Joe target says, yeah, indefinite ten-year lock. We will never ever go back to zero. No, that's not true. No, no one knows. Yeah, we don't know. Paul, yeah, Paul hit the nail on the head. Like the data is going to be entirely dependent and drive everything. But I would say. The likelihood of us going back to zero, the further away we get from it, is less and less and less. Yeah. It's not to say yeah. there's no chance, but hopefully it's not something that yeah. we're talking about in our lifetimes again. Well, let's let's talk innovation. So one of the things, too, I still kind of marvel at, uh, we've known each other for a while now, is just like, is, and, and a big, you know, passion of mine and what we've done at Travada is just build something really new. We're disrupting something. And, and you guys really had the opportunity to do this with inside, you know, JP Morgan is a big institution. There's, you know, it's, it's tough for the bank to innovate, not because it doesn't want to, but there's just a lot to that when you're, you're as big as, as they are. You guys did it, you guys pulled it off. So tell a little bit of the story, like <laughs> building a product and, you know, just do you want a diplomatic to, answer? Exactly. What kind of answer we're gonna, we're gonna start. We're gonna start with the diplomatic answer, and then Joe, we're gonna go through the non-diplomatic. I think that's a good way to cut it from here on out. Yeah, that's that sounds like a good buffer to have. Should we start with non-diplomatic? Let's first? go non-diplomatic. Okay. Non then you can clean it up. <laughs> clean up the answers. Right. Yeah. God's honest truth. It was just a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of design sessions. A lot of conversations. A lot of late nights. Um, but really. It's because we had we started out with a clear vision of what we wanted Morgan Money to be. And we knew, generally speaking, what the ultimate goal was. So we had a bunch of very smart people sit around a table and have a conversation. A lot of us are still here. I'd like to count myself in that number. But it's basically, we figured out where we wanted to get to, and then we would not be defeated. I mean, it was one of those situations that we had a very clear picture. We worked our butts off to make sure that we could get to the place we wanted to get to. And then went through the right channels through JP Morgan to just continue pushing forward until we made what I humbly believe is the best platform in the market today in our space. And it's like you had said, it's really the first kind of new platform really in 15, 20 years or? Definitely. Yeah. So listen, we're, as you said, we're a bank, right? Obviously we're bank regulated. Um, there's a lot of bright people in JP Morgan that have a lot of ideas, but they just need a lot of time flushing out to ensure all the rails are going on the right side. 
Um, we were fortunate enough to, to Joe's point, we had a very clear vision of what we wanted to build. Mm -hmm. And when we presented that to the senior management teams across asset management, it resonated because we knew exactly what we wanted to build. What we needed is the buy-in to go pursue that, which sometimes that is the hardest part in JP Morgan because it is a big place. There's a lot of decision makers, a lot of influencers. Um, and I think rolling out a global platform is, is also challenging because you have to deal with different uh, jurisdictions. But at the same time, we were fortunate enough to have, you know, guys like Joe, guys like Dan and, and others on a team that, <laughs> as he pats himself on the back for his humbleness, um, on the team that kind of really made it into their, you know, drive to, to push it there. A lot of great ideas generally die at the first points of resistance. Yeah. Um, and as long as you keep pushing those walls. Yeah. Um, and you got to work with your compliance team, legal teams, um, external legal, all these in, all these elements will end up eventually get you to a place that you want to be. It definitely wasn't easy. Um, you know, as we go through internal committees, we make decisions, we make adjustments of those decisions. But at the same time, like what, what you need to continue is to remember, am I doing the right thing for my clients? Am I mm -hmm. doing the right thing for my firm? And is it the right thing for my business? If those three boxes check, generally speaking, JP Morgan will support you in, in your direction. Cool. And just to add a part of the non-diplomatic answer, one of the reasons I think that we are so successful and we have been, is that we do have differing views in the team. It's not like everyone rows in the same direction. It's that we- we That's shocking, Joe, to hear. Well, I was gonna say, yeah. it's because you do have a, a gamer on the team. I do. And, and that's, a, that's like a weapon that others just can't deploy. Of no, of course. Yeah. I understand this generation. Gets it on the right. okay. I understand this generation. Okay. Right. Well, so um, if you think of that, like how APIs have come on the scene, you said, you know, yeah. last two, three years is new. Um, how is that impacting even, I know we've, you know, have an API built between, you know, our systems. It's definitely provides that seamless experience. It's, that's super cool. As that's come on, how is that? Has, how do you guys think about that? You know, where we've been and then even going forward, even opportunities, how that may open up and, and be leveraged. You want to go first? Sure. When we think about APIs, it's a way that systems talk together. That's something that has been around forever. The difference between 30, 40, 50 years ago, 25 years ago and today is we have a clearly defined system. It's becoming much more prevalent across the industry. You can do so much more with API today than you could previously. And I think that there's industry buy-in. As we continue to move down that path, let's say some of the payment networks, some of the concepts of the traditional rails may or may not be replaced by APIs. And it's because of their flexibility and their power behind them. You can do so much with an API. And so we've embraced that and really tried to drive that forward as part of our key tenants under the technology builds of Morgan Money. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, we're, I think we're still like nowhere near where we should be, right? I mean, Agreed. the fact that it takes a client, you know, 60, 90 minutes to get their money back after they redeem is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, in my perspective. So I think you got to get down to, if API is supposed to be real-time transmission of, or near real-time transmission of what the data load is, then it should be completely agnostic of what you're moving. I think it's great that what we have achieved so far, you know, with you guys and, and our broader API toolkit, but it's still not enough in my perspective. Like we're still haven't gotten to the point where 
seamless payments are happening. Um, even more data is being transmitted for further insights to be to be managed. So I think we still got we still got a long way to go. I mean, we're, I think we're still we're still using the other file formats in in certain cases because in in some some other elements, clients are also just not ready to accept that. Yep. Um, so we need to kind of just also be aware that where we think is the right time or what the right API construct should be doesn't mean the market is ready at that time to do it. Yeah, yeah. So if you think, you said data, data is, just, data is sort of just running so many things right now and it's gonna to continue to do that. So you think, in the, you know, and you mentioned earlier, Gen AI, yeah. it's, it's gotta have data, like feed the beast, right? Yeah. So how, do you, how are you guys looking about at AI and Gen AI in particular through uh, the Morgan Money platform? Yeah. How do you guys think of this as you move forward? So we already have AI running in the background where it looks at risk management when it comes to trading. So since we have API trading and our backbone is built on APIs, we can actually tell clients instantly by using our AI infrastructure that says, hey, you're either duplicating trades um, or you're making some incorrect entries on the platform. Now, that isn't necessarily the front-end Gen AI, because Gen AI could run in the background or can run in the front-end where client can interact with it. And I yep. think that is very powerful to have, which is, you know, you could have clients logging onto the platform and saying for account one, two, three, four, five, six, give me the dividend for the last six months. Yep. And it should be able to pull that and explain how the calcs were happened. And at the same time, give them the number so they can move on to their next task. You know, we're looking at those elements um, of, of AI. I think we're at the early stages of that. Um, but I do see a lot of application from, from our client base. But I also want to be smart about doing this within our platform because I don't want it to be seen as a sophisticated chatbot versus actual AI. Because I think there's a difference between those two. Mm. Yeah, because to Paul's point, we've seen a number of these things out there where AI is used for chatbots and it's, you're trained for four or five or six different things. We want to get to the point where it's meaningful and you can actually leverage that AI as another employee. Now, the key, you, you asked the question about data and how we're thinking about leveraging it or how we're le leveraging with AI. So we've talked about our general data that clients are able to access that's fed into Travada, all that sort of stuff. Now, moving to the next use case, we're talking about things, we're thinking about things and sort of how we can potentially leverage that AI tool to build out other things that we don't necessarily want to talk you know, about like, yet. It would be really cool like if you were able to log into our platform and based on your trading pattern history, the client, the AI will say, you are here to place the following trade because of the following events have happened in your history. Yep. So here's your stage, here's the trade pre-stage for you. Kind of you got to do it. We are talking about it. I didn't yeah, want to yeah, talk right. about it yet, no, but it's but like. There's, yeah. there's, you can go in so many different directions, That's or like when you log into. We've had everybody watching sign an NDA, so everything's good. Oh, yeah, no, probably, exactly. yeah, I'm sure they did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Yeah, but there's, but no, it's that's easy super to cool. talk yeah. about these things and actually doing them is yeah, exactly. totally. a totally different world, right? And also making sure yeah. that when you're building them, you have the appropriate guardrails around them so you're not then screwing the client. Yeah. How do you think, though, too? I, I think that's the biggest thing is like any kind of things come into, into finance, treasury. You're talking about professional risk managers like yeah. that. That wall is going to be it. You got to prove it before they're going to use it. Yeah. And so how do you get over that, you know, go from being a, a toy to being like this proven because, you know, accuracy is they've been able to witness it. They've been able to live it. So therefore, 
they're going to allow it. Like, how, how do you, you know, get, get through that curve, you guys think, like on your business? Yeah, I mean, obviously on our side, it it's all starts internally drawing it up. Um, and then we have, you know, groups of folks we can bring this through to they'll pick their holes um, at it. And then once we are able to put it into production, what we normally like to do is have a couple clients come in and be our beta testers yep. to really then have their teams of their risk managers, to your point, pick it apart yep. and then make edits that as we go. Because ultimately, that's how we build Morgan Money. It was completely on that kind of concept where nice. it was rapid builds, fails. Sounds like a startup. Builds. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, kind of. It was a startup. Yeah, pretty much. A startup. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what I guess what would be... Uh, you know, not revealing your hand too much. But what what are the maybe the couple of things you guys get most excited about that you're you're trying to like get to and provide that level of next level kind of build or value for for your customers? Well, my, me personally, I'm I'm excited to expand what we invest in, expand the universe, expand our offerings. Uh, partner, you mean product sets? Yeah, product sets exactly. So right now we're focused on money market funds, all short duration and short duration. But talking about the next step beyond that, how that fits in the treasurer's world. I think partnerships are a big part of this, sort of making the life of a client easier. One glass is what Paul likes to say, where everything is sort of going through one central system or clients can leverage things how they like. Those are two of the ones that I'm most excited about. Yeah, I mean, I would add a third. I mean, I love mobile. Uh, I am yeah. all about mobile technology. Mm. Um, and not just mobile in the sense that you can read your statement. I'm like physically what you're doing on the web version. Put the experience in the mobile app. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. for us, like that is a big push. Um, I would love to tell you more about that, but sadly, <laughs> since no one signed the NDAs, I will not tell you more about that. Well, but, I'm most excited about the uh, the fact that rates are going to be, you know, locked in for ten years. To yeah, Joe, I've, I've already Listen, like. Guys, if, <laughs> <laughs> don't bucket me into that. I'll get in trouble here. Yeah, too late. Too no, late, no, too late. no. It's great. Well, of course, you know, we only have a couple minutes, Joe. We we've got to tell the story. So. I love the story. It's a good story. You get a little bashful at it. I just think you're being modest. But this whole story about you being like number one gamer, you're a prodigy. Not number it's one. It's probably gamer. why Morgan Money is so cool because like you're the weapon on the team to help make that happen. But tell me. us the, like you got the, I, how many, I guess, how many, <laughs> how many kids did you put into submission in your, in your run up to becoming world number one in Warcraft? Or, how do no, I phrase so the question from like Anyone that's a gamer is going to understand this. Okay. They're, it's not an easy thing to say one or the other or the other, but I was technically by some website rated the number one Someone World of Warcraft damage per second DPS warrior back in the original World of Warcraft. That sounds okay? absolutely badass. Name was I think that's cool. My guild was O-Snap. Client, uh, guild leader was Sinner and we were good. We were the first to clear AQ. I had an Ash Condi. I'm a giant nerd, if you couldn't tell. Um, but yeah, we just, honestly, I spent a lot, a lot of time now, playing now this with, game as an 18-year-old. As cool as that is, and they, and they, uh, they still let you on the Notre Dame football team, too. So it's yes. like, you're, yes. you're a, you're a man of many talents. I to the Notre Dame football team. <laughs> yes. I had a lot of fun with a lot of things in my life. And Joe's now, a, you know, a man of many talents. I, I know, it's, I it's great, yeah. I'm just no, I, I think guy. it shows up in, the, in, in all of the attributes of... Of, uh, of Morgan Money. Yeah, Paul's built a really good team. Let's put it that way. It's not, like, we have a very, very strong team. And honestly, everyone. They were yeah. all walk-ons. Yeah. All walk-ons. Uh, uh, yeah. Dan is a national championship fencer. 
Katie still to this day is a, a, a national uh, horse jumper. She just came back from a competition this weekend. That's so cool. We yeah. had a very strong. That's team. awesome. Like you're you're a tennis tennis player, tennis guy yeah, too, ten, right? Yeah. Paul was a Division One tennis there you player. Go. All right. He did pretty well. Unfulfilled See? dreams that a lot of us have. All right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, I think all that that chip on your shoulder adds to the. Yeah. Like you got to be have that if you're an innovator. Feel like I've had that. You know, had to have that my whole career. So anyway. Just great, great to spend some time with you guys. Always fun, always Brett, always and, a yeah. and 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 just super excited about like what the future holds and and things that we can continue to work together on. Definitely agree. Thank you. All right. Let's not Thank talk about World of Warcraft ever again. Thanks. <laughs> we cut that piece out. <laughs> <laughs>